Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 310. Ooh, that's like an even number. <laughs> Yo, I like how the small things like I know. make you happy. They do. <laughs> um, yes, we are recording uh, over in Studio D at Lindsay's house, and I'm quite happy to have a change of scenery. Yes, I like not having to go to your house today. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, we talked uh, starting quite a bit about some C2E2 stuff and then some Stanley stuff. Yes. A little bit of uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. Got into some comic books. I talked to three issues of Superman. Also some RoboCop. Also some <laughs> some Domino. Yes, and I talked about X-Men Red. <laughs> about all that she had that's all i had talked about some movie news and other things like that so grab something good to drink preferably warm right now yes and enjoy drunk on comics podcast episode 310 welcome to spring zaro To be honest, I had to go through when getting uh, press passes recently, and we actually do have quite a few still. Yeah. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I was a bit surprised. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there there are a lot of actually hits to our website. Yeah. Uh, which are unique, so that's a plus. Um, the we'll never truly know the analytics for iTunes and right. Stitcher. Except for I've been hearing that there is a way. Yeah. Josh knows. But the thing is, like, I need to then remember what the hell email <laughs> we posted them going there. Yeah. I have no clue. So I'm trying to find out the back end to get that. Mm. But mm-hmm. maybe we might have a little more clarity of maybe. our more yeah. than one <laughs> fan. Our many fans. <laughs> our three. <laughs> Multiple fans. No, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. We definitely have uh, in the hundreds. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, get... guys and yes. ladies, I guess. I'm sure there's some ladies out there. Which is great because, I mean, we've been doing this for God knows how long. And yeah. It's... And we... And then honestly, like, there are people who put way more effort into their podcasts than we do. <laughs> but, but we... True. I mean, honestly. But ours is natural. It is. In, yes. And even in times like last week when we don't do one... <laughs> Now, that's partly my fault. Uh, I'm going to give the quick story. I did go to C2E2, not to actually go to the show. I went to Chicago to hang out with one of my best friends, which was, I never get to hang out with him when I go to C2E2, so I made it a point. I'm going to hang out with him, but I'm going to try to hang out with people afterwards at the after party. Right. So I got invited to the Devil's Due after party. Um, Kaylin Smith invited me, and so... Because Tony's uh, somebody, you guys. Yes. And because of that... Uh, went up there. Well, there was a, from our hotel room to there, good, like, 45-minute hour trip, so... Yeah. Made a... Were uh, you on the north side of Chicago? 
we were in mid Chicago, but okay. it's still to get to McCormick Place and where the the party was right. at, which was not at the actual hotel. It was at uh, Bottom Rock Brewing, I believe. Uh, we we took the the transit, and I made a single guy to drink on the way. <laughs> I still love and that. and I made it a little too strong, but at the same point. You know, whatever. Uh, and then I also had two roadie beers just in case. And then I'm like, well, we're going. It was actually on our way to the hotel, though, to party, which is why I had all this extra drinks on me that I got told, hey, come to this. Right. It's right by the hotel. Okay. So we have these beers in my pocket, but they didn't really, you know, pat me down at all. And it was cool going into the exclusive uh, thing. But then what ends up happening is I get a drink. Uh, my, I was with my dad. My dad best friend one of my good friends there he came with his fiance well then there was uh an accident something happened they just ordered beers they had to go so there's two beers <laughs> okay so i guess i got two more beers that i gotta drink soon but as getting a little bored at this point derek and uh and everyone else kind of went back to the hotel the party there I'm still hanging out with some other people at devil's do having a good time and then <laughs> caitlin gives me Two beer tickets. Oh, just what I need. She's an instant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, I drank a lot. And then on the way to the hotel, I had those two roadies. Mm-hmm. We get to the hotel. I'm talking to some people. Uh, I really want to meet Kyle Higgins. Uh, he was in the middle of a conversation. He's writing the Power Rangers Shattered Grid right now. And that would have been an awesome interview. And at that point is when I realized I am super drunk. <laughs> I drink way too much too fast. Yeah. And because of that, I'm like, I don't really want to come off as like that drunk on comics guy. (laughs) That's my job. I'm the way too drunk person. Yeah. So (laughs) I ultimately said, I, you know, I, I can't do this. Let's just, you know, I'll, I'll try to contact some of these people later. And we went back to the hotel room and that was that. And that was my C2E2. And it was fun. I was I had some fun with the people that I was hanging out with. A majority of them I will see at Motor City. Right. Got approved for press for that. So quite happy about uh, that again. Going there yeah. for... So long story short, Tony didn't record anything for the podcast <laughs> last week. <laughs> Could have just so, said that. So I had to post one of my favorite episodes from before Lynn's time, BLT. <laughs> <laughs> Which was your guys' hundredth episode, and it was right after oh. Kevin's bachelor party. Oh, okay, that one was hilarious. That one is good. Now I do have to say one thing to you. These are some fighting words, probably. Oh, but okay. So it's been oh, two weeks since we've sat down and, and recorded. Yeah. Uh, I really did not like Ready Player One. What? I love the book. Yeah, the book is amazing. The book is like, I I mean, I can't say perfection, but like in the way of the storytelling, the Easter Mm -hmm. eggs, how it evolved and everything, really fucking good. Right. You said it was going to be different. I had other friends that said it was different from the books too. It's like 100% different. They still liked it. Yeah. It, It is. And it's not for the better. I will give some pluses for... I, I, I was okay with the different uh, tests and trials mm-hmm. because, yes, I want to kind of... I know that in the, the book, you couldn't kind of get to all those... Right. What they're doing on the different worlds. It kind of seemed like they had one world and one hub. However, 
looking at it visually, beautiful. Yeah. Looking at it as someone who didn't read the book, I still think it would be shit. But comparing it to the book, it's complete horseshit. <laughs> Those are fighting words, because I didn't think it was that bad. The whole... Okay, here's the biggest thing, and I have a lot of other small things... Uh, the way the group dynamic is, sure. they're just all kind of friends already. Yeah. They weren't really going at it themselves. They didn't even talk about that. It, it felt a little forced. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, that uh, Dioto yeah. didn't die. Yeah. So there wasn't like that resolving of like, there's even more real world like shit going on. They're trying to chase right. us. They're getting us. Um, I thought H's... Uh, reveal was overshadowed by what they did with Artemis. Right. And what they did with Artemis was piss poor of her having henchmen and shit. Yeah. Just didn't seem like the character of who she was. So these characters felt forced. The actors playing these characters felt forced. And there's other things about H that they didn't reveal of why she was a man and why she was hiding and this and that within Oasis. But the biggest thing is the fucking romance. Ah. They could have took that out of the movie and yeah. I would have given it like a 10% more approval of shit pile. How do you have someone who just met someone in the race the day before? They had no backstory, no nothing. Right. He just sees her and he's Are like... Are you talking about Artemis? Because Artemis she and was, Z. Because she was... she The whole story with Artemis and they covered it very briefly is that she is a no like she's famous she's oasis famous so when they saw her like you know he already knows her because she's oasis famous right for what they did not explain that at all oh the, she posts walkthroughs and stuff all the time no she's like book they no they said it in the movie she's, oh did they she's like you she's basically their version of youtube famous right how let's just say this I all of a sudden know that you're this amazing podcaster that does this drunk on comic <laughs> show. Right. And I'm a, just a, a random fanboy. Yeah. So I know who you are. Right. I see you all of a sudden at a con. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, a crush? Yes. Would I the next fucking day say, I love you? No, probably no, not. No, no. But maybe because you'd be drunk. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> But the way that they forced how quickly, but that her, she would even love him back that quickly. They went to the dancing. Oh, don't even get me started on Og and how he wasn't even really part of it, but then he was, and that was a stupid reveal. But that she, and this this whole podcast is going to turn into a a shitting on this movie, uh, that he like just tells her right away in the book, they had a six month relationship. They hung out. They got to know each other. That's where a spark of like, God, I could actually probably say I love right. this girl, and it seems natural. Right. For him to just say, I, I, I love you? Like, yeah. No. But then she had a guy go kidnap him to get him to come there. Instead of having him just run away after his fucking right. aunt, who didn't seem as bad as in the book, and no. they really, they, oh, there's so much. Other big key point, Sorrento. He's already killed people. He wants to kill people. In the book, if he had a chance and saw the kids, regardless if the cops were coming, he would still pull the trigger because right. he's that evil of a person. Fuck you guys. You got the egg. You took it away from me. I'm going to take your lives in real life. He would do that. In the movie, he has a Grinch. Heart grows three times the size when he sees that Z has the 
the egg in his hands and is like, oh, right. tear, I'm good, I'm not going to shoot you now, kid. And then the cops come, no, that just, it's, I, mm, I, I should probably just stop talking. <laughs> See, I didn't think it was that bad, and I was expecting to not like it because it was so different, but knowing the fact that Ernest Klein actually wrote the screenplay and basically rewrote the entire book, so for the movie... Yeah, you know, I gave it some some license because he was just telling the story he wanted to tell. They were in they the found span those, of two hours, which is hard. They found those keys really quick. They yeah. should have said, you know, a little six months go by and them talking. They, right. You know how long that could have taken? Three minutes of them in the basement. I agree. I think because I think there was a passage of time in the movie that we just weren't made aware of. It. I don't think that it was boom, 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 boom. But we just felt like it was because they didn't really. No, because Talk about it. from the moment that they blew up the stack to uh, Artemis kidnapping uh, Z, like, or Wade, it, that stuff went quick. Those last two gates went quick, and right. it, I don't know. It was kind of cool how he got the quarter, I will say that, but that. Yeah, you're it, just mad they cut the D&D part out of it. I could care less about that. <laughs> they cut the heart and soul out of the, the movie. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it got the job done. See, like I said, if, if it wasn't a forced relationship that I knew would have been there, yeah, I think I could, as a normal uh, person, say it was a terrible movie instead of a pile of dog shit. But right. It, I don't know. But visually, I loved it. it was, uh, yeah. The Iron Giant that was going cool. down I liked was the sad. Shine. But my favorite part was they replaced War Games with The Shining, right? Because yeah. more people know that movie than War Games. And that was awesome. That whole thing with H in that, that scene was, was funny. We don't need to go back to 2 through 7. <laughs> no, we don't need to go there. And how all the, the people were dying, yeah. the Sixers were dying. Yep. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yep. Those were good parts. Oh, so... Uh, God, we're gonna get to books eventually, and actually, that's a lot that we have is, is books. books. But I do want to say, I had a blast going to Jane Silent oh. Bob get old. Yes, You're, this was your first time going to see Kevin Smith yes. live, right? Yeah, it's always amazing. I know you've gone how many times? Seven. Now? Damn. Yeah, I've gone. I go every year, at least once a year since it, 2012. It was a lot of fun. I will say this. Because uh, I don't think it's even news news that they're making another movie. The Jane Silent Bob reboot? No. He has announced that, yeah. He's announced? Okay, yeah. then. Because I was like, I don't think, I'm pretty sure people have probably tweeted about that. Right. Won't say what happened, but they did a scene from it. Right. And we that, can't disclose it because we were sworn to secrecy. But it uh, it really gets me going, I want to see yeah. this movie now. I know. I'm looking forward to it. They're, oh. Kevin Smith fever. You've got <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> now you know how I feel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had Kevin Smith fever. But it's great to hear, too, he's doing good. Yeah. I mean, I was almost thinking they were going to cancel the show after he had the heart attack That's a month ago. That's too, but he's doing better than he was before. Oh, he's yeah. telling he's doing damn good. Yeah. And I'm happy, I'm proud of him. He's lost weight. He's well, he being healthy. Well, he potatoes for two weeks straight. <laughs> yes. He did the Pen, pen Gillette diet. Which oh, is, is that what it's called? Well, that's, that's the that's same thing. That's what he did to he lose? Did. Yeah. They, you literally eat nothing but potatoes. And I'm not talking about good potatoes with like butter and sour cream and cheese. Literally just plain ass cooked potatoes. Nothing on it. 
Dude. And you do that for like two weeks, and it's supposed to like cleanse your system of cravings for anything. So that way, when you finally start eating other food, even <laughs> if it's some... probably think it's going to be tasting like potato. <laughs> exactly. So even when you eat something like the next food you add is spinach, you eat that spinach, and you're like, oh my god, this is the best food I've ever tasted in my entire life. So then you can rebuild your healthy eating habits from the 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 base up. Okay, I I feel like though I would say French fries are still potatoes. <laughs> I know. No. Nope. Get that bacon, sour cream <laughs> on this potato. Oh, but uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, we're gonna quick bring up the the Stanley controversy again. Sure. Um, we had Todd McFarlane. We should, we should name this segment like we we got it. <laughs> yeah. The Stan. The Stan. The Stan minute. Yes. <laughs> Might take more than a minute. So uh, last week or is a week and a half ago. Uh, Todd McFarlane posted on Facebook that he had gone and sat down for an hour of yes. Stan, and he said that they didn't really, he didn't bring up talking about other things. He probably talked about finally making a Spawn movie and stuff, because we know how Todd talks about that all the time. Yeah. But he was saying Stan was in good health and doing good, and you know, talked about his uh, late wife, and it made it seem like, oh, things are actually okay. Todd didn't really get into the controversy of that. He just made a post that made many people feel good. Right. However, there are still people out there that don't think there's really, there's some nefarious things going on. Kevin Smith being one of them. Mm -hmm. And Kevin has once again opened his door to to Stan to say, hey, come, you know. Yeah. My only issue with that is he did that on Twitter. And my guess is that whoever is keeping Stan at arm's length from everybody is not letting Stanley look at Twitter. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so I don't know how the message is going to get to him. But. So so that was uh, earlier last week. Uh, just a couple days ago, there was this video that Stanley had shot. I'm like, wow, this is new news in this whole controversy of things. Right. Where he pretty much like started saying that I, I'm doing good. And I'm going to sue your asses of people that keep saying that there's this elderly abuse going right. on. I'm like, well, damn. Well, and he was defending his daughter and his daughter's friend. And and I, and, and I can kind of understand that. He's, but he's like, I'm going to sue you all. And I watched it, felt that it was a bit forced. Yeah. Like, it's almost like one of those, uh, you know, you're held captive and you got to read this that you're, everything's good. Right. And so I'm like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I want to believe it's true. I like that he's a little bit upset about these people that are, you know, that are upset about his alleged abuse. Right. But then again, though, they care. Yeah. I don't see Stan being that person to then all of a sudden get pissed off as much as he did in the video, which he wasn't. He just seemed a little stern about it. Now we have a new update. Oh, my God. This story is insane. That he is now... He said there's no, nothing going on with this elderly abuse uh, stuff. There's nothing true. Now he's come out and said that he is suing his former uh, business manager, uh, Geraldo uh, Olivieres, for elderly abuse. Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, this is the guy that supposedly, unverified, supposedly counterfeited paperwork allowing a nurse to remove blood 
from him and took and mixed with ink to use as a stamp so that he could sell comic books that have been signed, air quotes, listeners can't hear that, but I'm doing air quotes, signed with Stanley's blood. See, now, I, that one, it, it's not out of the, the realm of possibility. I feel that that's a little bit, uh, well, when you start seeing signatures with his blood, you're going to know yeah. that's definitely true, which I would feel the people that stole his blood would probably not want to sell those. Not anymore. Because there's a, probably a way to find out. True. So that could have been a, a very real thing. But there's also the transferring of the $4.6 million out of Lee's bank account. There's uh, this guy had made him sign over power attorney to him. Yeah. This is a guy that a lot of people have been saying, we think he's doing things badly. Seeing that video the other day to now Stanley saying that he's going to sue him, I'm I'm feeling better about the situation now. Right. I do think then that was a forced something to have him do a 180 and then him realizing, oh, wait, you know, yeah, this guy is taking me. Yeah. He stole my blood and my money. (laughs) This fucked up. I'm uh, definitely keeping a a watchful eye on on this developing story. I'm like, it would suck for him because he's so old, right? He's 95. So it would. This would be a terrible point in which he could just die, and like, is this really how we want Stanley to die in the midst of all this bullshit that's going on surrounding him? It's totally fucked up. It's just so fucked up. <laughs> it's it's like it's a, it's like Stan has become the hero of his own comic book or the victim, I guess. And there's some fucking villain out there trying to take him down. Where's Spider Man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We need, he needs to go in and save Stan. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's fucking weird. So let's get into some comic books now. All right. Let's get a little more uplifting, more cheery. Uh, because of the hiatus and just uh, having finally realized which books they are, I, I want to talk about Superman number 42, 43, and 44. Okay. The reason why is because it's a three, you know, issue story arc involving Bizarro World, and more specifically, Boyzaro. Now, I mean, I'm not going to just give away the entire what happens because it is so insane. You really need to read it, but you also need to read it knowing how it is to read Bizarro language. And that, for me, was... I mean, I'm not a big Superman fan. I say that all the time. But Bizarro is one of my favorite characters. And last that I knew... I didn't know that there was a real Bizarro that has shown up within the realm. I don't know where Rebirth has changed everything. But last I knew within the New 52 and this continuity... Bizarro was a clone that Lex Luthor made from Superman's DNA, but because he needed him to come out too soon, he became kind of, wasn't totally a true clone. He was fucked up. Yeah. Yes. And so that was the one that I was like, I don't like that, but okay, it's a new universe, it's new reimagining. But I always wanted to go back to Bizarro world and having a whole earth where there's earth where there is like, Bat Zaro and other Zaros of, yeah. of things. 
And we have that um, through some, you know, John Kent, uh, you know, Superboy. Sure. He, uh, he, he, he sees this world and within it, there is a Hawkzaro that comes out, which then makes them go into bringing Hawkzaro back and, and Boyzaro comes here. And they kind of run amok, and then after one of the issues, it goes and just wait till next next issue of the the Legion of Fun, <laughs> and that's where it gets even more zany. We one of the things that I've been liking with the Superman comics is having uh, Clark have a son here and seeing that dynamic that wasn't always relevant in the times before. Having a super, super hero son. son as well. Super son. And and him trying to show that, you know, he loves him and everything. You have this reverse world where Boy Boyzaro feels that his dad loves him. Well, that, that means the opposite of love. Yeah, right. His dad. Everything hates, is backwards. Yes. Which is so, like I said, I'm not even going to get to the part where it's so fucking confusing of that. Opposite day all the time. But you see, Bizarro truly does love his son. And with within the, the context of this book, though, it, there are some things that were done that's like, it's questionable. Does he really hate his son? Right. Or does he real life hate his son? <laughs> we have no idea because... It's rever- the reverse of a reverse of a reverse of a reverse. I mean, I will say, though, um, the writers, uh, Patrick Gleason and uh, Peter uh, Tomasi, they did a good job in writing the dialogue. I feel like I saw only one instance where a, a bizarro person said something that it didn't seem to be the opposite mm-hmm. of what they were trying to infer. And it was with the, the, the Robin character, uh Bizarro Robin. Yeah, I don't... it would make sense that Robin would fuck something up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Even Bizarro Robins would well, fuck up. <laughs> he was hilarious uh, because, and I, I should show you the picture with his his mustache. Like he looked like he like has almost a mustache. Almost like a, Z- a Zorro type uh, a character, and <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just I really enjoyed his character uh, out of most of the Bizarros that I've seen. And I don't know if a lot of these have been shown before mm-hmm. or seen within. There was a huge fight with the, the League of Fun where you have a, a Joker who cries. <laughs> you know, you have uh, pretty much everyone that when they're saying things is not anywhere near what they mean. So you're like, God, you have to stop and think. What did I just read? Reverse that, right? And then you can say, "Oh, this is what they mean." How long did it take you to read these? Uh, probably twice as long yeah. as, a, as a normal <laughs> um, one. I mean, you get you get uh, Sinestro, who uh, you know he has a, a ring with the smiley face yeah. on it. There, um, the, the 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 Wonder Twins deactivate shape of runaway. <laughs> I love that there was a uh, the. Fish heads from Doctor Demento fame. Favorite was uh, and I can't remember what's the Indian's name that um, Nuck Chuck is what he usually says. Right. I can't think of that character's name, but to get him to grow small is what he did. Is Chuck Nuck or to grow big? I mean, because that's the opposite of 
of what he would do. Um, it when when Superman and Bizarro after their fight together come and Superman's you know like you know brought a friend and he says goodbye. <laughs> well, I know that means hello. hello. Yeah. Uh, but there's a point in the giant oh, fight. Oh, Chief. Oh yes, yeah, Apache Chief. Like even the Bizarro Wonder Woman's like not handsome. Like <laughs> to Superman. As she's stroking his face. Yes. Not handsome. <laughs> and I, I, there's a lot of different Bizarro and Superman fighting, uh, but when Superman's trying to talk to him. At least he knows. It's not like the first time of not knowing how to speak this. Right. So he's saying these things that you're like, Superman, man, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that you're enemies, man. You shouldn't say that you you want to fight. Like, all that meaning opposite of what it is. And even that there's a point where he confuses himself because he starts saying the real things. He's like, no, I got to say the opposite. It felt real. Yeah. In a, in a sense of where I would love to have a conversation, go to this world just to see how fucked up it would be to talk. I loved it. You should definitely, even if you are into the whole everything of Superman, really this is, you can pick up these three books. It's self-contained. What happens at the end is kind of sad and tragic. But I see that some things are going to continue. It's good. And you don't even need to know any other things. If you like Bizarro, read it. If you like Superman, you're probably reading the comic book as it is. Right. But right. It was. It, it, it was terrible. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the art was bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's even something too. The art uh, was great. Uh, Patrick Gleason did that, and it. Yeah, I mean. It's weird that all the the Bizarro people they just have this weird pale skin. Yeah, yeah, they're all grayish. It's we. It is weird. I don't. I mean, I, I whatever. But maybe their their sun is the moon. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, they did have a sun in it though, so they have something. But instead of tanning you, it sucks yeah. all the color out of your skin. <laughs> Uh, did you uh, read anything? I did. I actually didn't think that I... Oh, God damn it, Tony. <laughs> I actually I actually didn't think I read anything relevant to this week, but I, I did. I read X-Men Red number three, which I reread all of them, so I read one, two, and three this weekend because I'm so far behind in comic books that I had to like catch up with a bunch of stuff. But I'm going to say this about X-Men Red. It's... Jean Grey focused, which is half of the reason why I'm reading it. And I still cry every time I read the first issue because I did that again yesterday and I totally cried. It was just a great, it's just, I love Jean. But the way they're taking this story is it follows the the way they've written X-Men books in the past, but they're trying to make it new by making it current and relevant. So they're they're building this whole mutants are bad public image in the book, right? Like they do with all X-Men books. But they're making it relevant in terms of what's going on in politics today to the point where they throw in clips of like people fighting on news shows. Like you get like the divisive news anchors like you see on like Fox News. And there's even in this in this current book, Gambit shows up 
and he's in this town where this rally is being held and there just happens to be people rolling around in the rally with like those tiki torches like they did in uh was it virginia yes that they had the rally uh, i think it was north carolina was it north carolina yeah the the, the charlottesville rally that they had so they're they're tying what's going on with these mutants to the stuff that's happening in in america today which you know makes it a little more relevant um I uh, I just I don't even I don't even know they're kind of jumping back and forth in the timeline because when it starts they're already a team and then it jumps back to her to Jean trying to build a team to her going to the UN and then her back to them being a team already and then going to save another mutant and it so it keeps hopping a little bit back and forth so it gets kind of confusing about where they're at in the story but they've introduced Cassandra Nova into it and she's badass like she fucks some shit up she's one of the only people who could, has ever been able to like really fuck with Xavier, Xavier. Yep. so the fact that she's coming and this is the new gene right this is the resurrected gene so the in in the battle that's going to happen between her and Cassandra Nova I hope is going to be fucking epic because Cassandra Nova is super powerful and at the end of this they're retreating to Wakanda because Wakanda has given them refuge because Jean's wanted for murdering somebody. She didn't, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and Cassandra Nova had um, walked into the Xavier school. She made it so nobody could see her except this one little mutant boy who unfortunately could see her and she killed him because he could, which was crazy it was the little mutant boy um and she was like oh you're probably really powerful and that's why you could see me it's a shame and then she snaps his neck and then she walks into somebody's room and she goes you'll be my first and she does something and you don't know whose room it is until you get to the end and it's storm and she's protecting wakanda that was what cassandra nova told her to do was protect wakanda from gene and these other mutants so now in the next issue they're gonna have to fight storm Okay. Which will be interesting. So, it's it's not it, it feels like the old X Men comic books a little bit, you know. They're, they're giving you the same feel of the way they used to write these stories, and I really like it. So, <laughs> I know you love your Jean. I do, and as disappointed as I was in the Resurrection story, sorry, authors of that story. This is I, Tom Taylor is is writing Jean in a way that is totally at the heart of who she is as a person. So it's, and Nightcrawler oh, too. Cool. So you have the heart and the soul of the X-Men all in one team, which is pretty awesome. But. So, uh, see, I'm trying to think where this takes place. Have you heard the Venomized, uh, not series, the whatever story arc, the event that's going on? I, I know of it. So issue number two came out, and that kind of goes in with the Spider-Man books. I will say, yes, Marvel has done where they're doing these events, but keeping them to their kind of respective books. Mm -hmm. Cool, awesome. You don't need to pick up X-Men in it. Except for the X-Men are in the main series that I'm reading, but it's young X-Men okay. that were in space. But then it also is an editor's note within the first one because there's things that are happened with Lady Thor, a.k.a. she's dead now, 
but she's in this. So they're like, this takes place before that. Cool, awesome. I know in the timeline where this is. Right. But then where does this go off for the other characters once it's done? And it probably will have replications within Spider-Man, especially hearing after the fresh start, he has the black suit again. What's going on with all these symbiotes? So it's interesting. Again, when you have the shared universe, though, mm-hmm. I do feel you should sometimes have right. some spillover. They fucked up the X-Men because these new symbiotes are going after all the powered people mm. to take them over. Right. Cool, awesome idea. I like the story. But then you would think the X-Men would have right. talked about this. Is this is this X-Men Red Book happen after it then? Is that, it before? It, it's a good question because like I said, it hops around. So I don't even know where it takes place within current time like mm-hmm. the actual story i'm reading i do know that the second issue of this book because they're in hiding so it's even like even if shit is going on everywhere else this particular group of x-men may not even know what's going on because gene okay. killed that senator and then or that un re- ambassador and well she didn't kill her but everyone thinks she killed her and then they went into hiding so they went to wakanda so they've been in wakanda but that's what i'm saying so they have now created Hating X-Men again, where, right. where the the school's still there, and that in some of the pages of Venomized, X-Men are just out in the open. Right. So they're not as hated, because then they're also getting Venom, Venom symbioted, and uh, I wish there was sometimes more clarity. Yes, I agree. I, I agree. The second issue of this, though, did have one of the pages from the Where is Wolverine storyline that they're doing. I still want to get that collected. Yeah, and... I know. it was He was in India. Because that's where they were at. So I don't know if he's hopping all over the place or that's just where he happens to be for a couple of the pages. But I really don't give a shit where he's at. He could be with Carmen and yeah, and Waldo and who fuck cares where right. they're at. Right. Have you heard? There's a there's a character in here named Trinary. Have you ever heard of her? Mm-mm. She's a tech. She's a mutant. She's a technopath. She's fucking awesome. That's cool. She's from India. She brought. She got put in jail because she routed a bunch of money from the richest men in India into the bank accounts of all the women in India because women are paid 25% less in India than men are. Um, so then she got put in jail. When they come to save her, uh, India, it's not the government, but one of the one of the guys that runs India in this book, um, unleashes a sentinel. And this girl takes down the sentinel. She treats it like a dog. She's like, sit. And it sits down on the ground. And then they start using it as, like, they they use it to fly back to Wakanda and stuff like that. So, like, what the... She's fucking awesome. But that is when Wolverine shows up, is when they're in India. Okay. So, everybody's running because there are mutants there. And some guy turns around and says to Wolverine, Oh, you better run. There are mutants. And he's like, maybe you better run. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um... Quick, going to talk about this. Exiles, number one, came out. Uh, I've always loved that book, as I've always loved multiversal things and what-ifs, and that was a book that explored all those. Again, having Blink, uh, in the previous iteration, she was a little bit more, I want to say stoic, and not as, not. I won't even want to say humanized, but like she's definitely got a personality in this one uh the the big bad interesting i feel like we didn't need to see that because in the other iterations time was just like 
getting caught up. But they're actually exploring a multiverse when they've said they weren't going to, but then we all know that's all lies. I love that there was the Unseen. Who Do you remember who that character is? No. It's Nick Fury, who, when he got the orb from the Watchers, I oh. put in him after Original Sins. Yeah. He pretty much... Then he was chained on the... He's pretty much the new Watcher. Right. Because if you've noticed, Marvel pretty much has gotten rid of Watchers. Right. But the Unseen still sees everything because he has that... And, all that's weird, but I love that they is weird. they haven't just forgotten about him, and he's kind of was the start of of the new group. It felt a little bit too quick. Yeah. Um, so, so in Marvel, they keep hopping back and forth between White Nick Fury and Black Nick Fury. Is this the White Nick Fury that was on the moon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's he's still on the moon. Yeah. He's he's trapped there. Right. Uh, they go That's why I was glad that they saw him. No, right. they they pretty much made Samuel Jackson the main Nick Fury, yeah. and now I don't think they'll ever go back. Right, to old Nick Fury. He's he's old man on the moon, and <laughs> that's one of those things I think going forward is always going to be. Right, um, but uh, definitely go pick that up, uh, especially if you're X Files Exiles fan. <laughs> if you're an X Files fan, you'll like it too. Exiles. <laughs> um, but I want to get a little bit more in depth with RoboCop. Okay. Citizens Arrest number one. Sure. This brought me back. Did I it? love RoboCop. And I've read some RoboCop issues before. I didn't feel they they lived up to the movies. They they, they it just they were good, mm-hmm. but there's something missing. Right. Ultra violence. No, even <laughs> then, I mean there's there was guns and blood and stuff. When I say that, I feel this book has found that thing, and I don't even know what that thing is, yeah. because it's not RoboCop. No. We don't see him a lot in this book. Maybe you call it heart? Maybe I don't know. I don't think it's heart. I think it's fear. That Yeah. Well, I think because... Like, realistic fear. In some of the other books I've read, RoboCop was going around, and he's like, you know, almost invincible, so... Right. Yeah, there's not fear so much... As this world that they're painting. This is many years after RoboCop was already decommissioned. Right. Um, I'd say even a couple decades it seemed like it sounded like. Possible. And you then again have the same fucking corporation, OCP, who is trying to take over New Detroit. But they're a little bit more cunning this time. And when it starts with a police officer who then you find out he doesn't have any sort of insurance because they decided to get rid of that. Yeah. I felt that's a little bit uh, unbelievable, but then I got to remember this world of corruption mm-hmm. that RoboCop has set in. I'm like, no, oh, actually, that's something. Probably a, a senator or a disband lawmaker. Disbanded police, basically. Oh, yeah. While his wife was having a baby. And so, he, you know, you, you put it on credit, 0% for the first six months and everything, and you're like, Damn, like yeah. that's gonna cost them a fortune, but that is how it, it works. Mm-hmm. You have this mega corporation taking over, and I think this is what it felt. It felt more real. Yeah, with with not saying too much of the real world now, it felt like as if this isn't the future, Detroit. It could be this, the current. This could be us. Yes, I watched that Flinttown documentary. Oh my god! Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even realize. I thought it was going to be about the water thing. No, but no, no. About no. the police. Yeah. And so I feel like there's this saving grace with 
with RoboCop. And he's always been the law, but he's always been just. Mm-hmm. He's been fair. He's And he takes down the crook, crooked cops and everything. Right. Within this world, what I love the most is that there's this new app. Yeah. This thing. This app is fucked up. As I was thinking about the logistics of it, I was like, this is going to be a huge problem. Yes. (laughs) And what we get to towards the end of it even, I'm like, that's out of the blue. That's fucked up even more. So, uh, like, there's a a point where they're explaining what happens. You can, for a small uh, fee that will automatically be deducted from your bank account, you can then report the crime. Right. I'm thinking, what? That's fucking bullshit i'm not gonna report crime but then they go on to and if it's a legit thing you will earn five times your money back right as if so the more crime you report the more money you could make i'm thinking in this a it's gonna be abused we know that oh, in this fuck book yeah they even but, address that with that one girl oh, talking yeah, about yes. it yeah but i also thought though i go I almost like that that point that it deducts because it's kind of a little bit of deterrent. If it was one for one ratio, yeah. I would see okay, I can see this is still gonna get corrupted because it's comic book, but I don't see anything yeah. nefarious there. But when you make it a, a gambling thing, yes. you are gonna mm-hmm. be leading to abuse. And there's even, yeah, as you said, that lady who was talking about, I'm gonna go report more crime and the neighbor and know oh, that bitch at work. Right. Right. <laughs> Now, granted, though, here's the thing. Did they really commit? I could, right now, on my app, say, you just did something to me. What is the proof? But we know whenever the OCP takes over, they don't care about proof. They don't care about anything. No. They just want to get all the poor people out. And that's what they're trying to do. Yes. When you see that they have still some robotic type of... uh, um, police officers yeah they they they, they've done better subtlety of not having the giant hulking like gum gun turret no they're very tall and slender but But they still tower but within the movies and within uh, some of the other books they always have uh god i can't even think what they're called they're not t1000s i know but (laughs) the the other big uh robots that they've had within the the robocop uh franchise I I thought these are like okay they're more they look more friendly I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and and from that I I was like okay this is probably going to turn out bad because it's a robot. Right. Um I'm still really confused. So when they first introduced like this f- whole 5 years later thing when they oh. first introduced this app and there's this woman walking down the street looking at the app and a police robot stops her. And I don't know why. We just said you got to move to one side or the other. She starts freaking out. And that's the big thing. She didn't do anything. And it wasn't even the cop robot that like said to do anything. She's just like, you know, I don't know what I said. I'm innocent, blah, blah, this and that. And he's just like, of course you are. I'm sure it's you know, a big understanding. But pretty much just saying, step aside. I just thought that they were just telling her to... Um, I thought they were just saying just move to the side, but now that I'm re-looking at the page, yeah, yeah he like, was he was just something. He targeted her, I, and, and I, maybe that's why she was freaking. I thought she was freaking out 
randomly because she saw the robot, but mm. you're right. I, I misread that. Yes. Which And then you get a few panel or a few pages in and it's like he's totally about to like nightstick the fuck out of her. And he's like, the robot says to her, one day, ma'am, we'll both be laughing about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously? I remember the, the robot, uh, the Ed 209, mm. the enforcement droid. Ah. Um, but uh, let's go back to, we have, we finally see Murphy and we learn that he had a retirement uh, program downloaded into him. Meaning that he's, you know, still on, he's still him, but because he's mostly machine, right? he he has the software in him that they didn't even take his gun because he can't pick it up because he's not allowed to. He's, he's just supposed to be in this sheltered, boarded up house. And mm-hmm. there seems to be some stuff with the droid uh, or, you know, kind of helicopter droid that's following this main police officer who seems to be... Going, but I want to get to towards the end when we see there's this kind of protest in the ruins, and this well, one they're, they're the, having like a town hall even, <laughs> yeah, where the that the mayor set up, and and it seemed like this one person was like, well, yeah, well, I'm just gonna arrest or arrest you then and call a crime on you, and then he gets zapped the fuck out of yeah. him, yeah, not just zapped. Like, oh, zapped so hard that he sets on fire. Burst into flames. <laughs> and it's like, you find out that this uh, this bad, bald-headed guy... Brian Cranston. <laughs> I could, yes, I could Walter see him. Walter White from Breaking Bad. I could see him <laughs> totally playing him in the movie that this will be based off of. Uh, he's just like, oh, that was all, you know, I had that all set up. And this was something I was going to do. And it's like... And the motivation behind that is now, because that happened, the people who live in the ruins will basically set the whole city on fire because they'll protest and they'll start, you know, doing shit and take care of themselves. Well, I think also it, it shows not only will they reward people for the crimes, but they've pretty much made it and how they do it. I don't know. The technology we whatever yeah it's from that the they, same they know. can make your phone blow up on you if you also report it you've been trained pavlov trained to report crimes mm-hmm. so they're going to be reporting crimes and then blowing themselves up setting things on fire it's gonna it's gonna be crazy yeah. in there just so they can get rid of the, the poor parts of town so they can bulldoze them mm-hmm. and build lots well, corporations for you yep Ugh. i think the last page says it best with just you know you see Murphy just sitting in a seat with like light coming in, which I feel like that's a spotlight. That's not just the sun. Oh yeah, this page was amazingly drawn, by the way. Yeah. It totally looks like an etching. Yeah, it, it. I think the the art in this book was also really. That's something that can be jarring when you're reading mm-hmm. certain books. Uh, the art is pretty much, you know. Um, this was written by Brian Wood. He, uh, in the backs, I still read the, the the letters or when the writers talk, you know, get interviewed to mm-hmm. see what their thoughts are. And he was, he grew up with, with RoboCop. I love RoboCop. Also staying how at a young age, he wasn't supposed to watch it, but snuck off and watched yeah. it too. I'm like, yeah, it's just <laughs> like me. Because it was very violent. So I have, I have trust in that they're going to do 
do this justice and well, and it's already got me hooked. Um, George uh, Coleo. I'm going to go ahead and say his name is Jorge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coelho. Yes. You're much, I'm just going to say take it over, Lynn, so you pronounce. And, um, you know, the there's a variant cover, which was like, eh, it was okay. I mean, from this uh, Jaima Toei. I don't know who that is, but... Uh... I was like, what name are you trying to pronounce? And then I looked at it. Oh, I was like, oh, Jim. Jim yeah. Toe. Of course you're giving him shit. <laughs> Way to go, Jim. Yeah. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it too. And, you know, not not as much into the RoboCop as most boys are, but <laughs> solidly like a... But you're interested enough that you want yeah. to read number two. Well, and you know, being from Michigan and having this set in Detroit and knowing the, and not not actually being from Detroit and knowing the mindset that people who aren't from Detroit have about Detroit and how terrible it is. And mostly, for the most part, that's not true. Like, Detroit is very cultural and yeah, it's gone through some hard times, but generally a nice place. And, but the image that Detroit has is not that and that this totally plays has been playing off that for decades now I do wonder how how that that feeling that you said of being from the state how that resonates with other people when like there's a comic book set in their their realm whether it be Texas California right. Idaho like if it changes their perspective of it yeah if they yeah. like it a little bit more because I, I do think it does for sure I mean I, I I don't live in New York, but I love all the setting in New York. Maybe that's the one where they're like, okay, I don't give a shit. There's just so many in New York. Right. But if you had something where Florida and Tony Starks goes to Miami or something, you're like, this is cool because they're, it's, you know, I that's could go right over there. That's go to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Walking Dead, or not Walking Dead, uh, the Evil Dead, like mm. being set here. It's like, yeah. like, oh yeah, like they just said <laughs> a town that I've been to. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I went to that White Castle there. Who knows? <laughs> um, before we get to some news, Best on Tap this week. Uh, I always feel like Best on Tap this week, when we say that, should be sponsored by <laughs> yeah. some beer company. We yes. We need to start beer, getting some. Beer makers out there, if you would like to sponsor a uh, scrappy little <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We ask for nothing except being able to say your name. <laughs> oh, or just a couple of beers. Some or beer, yeah. But uh, it is uh, Avengers No Surrender Part 14, a.k.a. Avengers 688. Uh, the story's been great, uh, but this this cover, just it has yes. Wanda and Pietro. In a weird position, but other than that. Yes, it, 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 it does seem like... I mean, there is, he's grabbing her hands to stop her, but without seeing her hand because it blends into there, it looks like he's copping a feel. Yeah, He's getting overly friendly with his sister a little bit. But beyond that, I feel like it's almost based off of another picture, and I don't know what, but almost like a Midsummer Night's Dream-ish type Mm -hmm. realm. I love that they have Bruce and Hulk up there, and then at the bottom they have Iron Man War Machine, like... Where it's kind of mirroring each side, but oh, not exactly yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. Like they got vision on the bottom, of course. Like well, yeah, and and, and wasp uh, going in there too. Like it, it just really, it's really beautiful. It is it's um, very well done. And that I should say who it's by. Um, 
David Curell. Nope, that's colorist. Sorry. <laughs> cover. Mark Brooks <laughs> did the cover. So, uh, excellent well, work, Mark. Well done. So, some news. We already talked about Stan. Yeah. That was the biggest one, really. An- a- another, uh, is it true? Is it not? Is this what they're saying? Is it not? Elizabeth Olsen, who plays uh, Max Wanda Maximoff yeah. uh, within the MCU, has been saying for a while she does not want a Scarlet Witch uh, movie. Right. She's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Until all of a sudden, this week, she goes, oh, yeah, I really want to do one. <laughs> and this would be kind of cool. You think she actually read some of the comics? Is that why? <laughs> No, but well, I, th- I think she then realized how big of a deal yeah. her character was in this. But it makes me start thinking that it may be less of her talking about wanting to do it and Marvel saying, "Sorry, though, we need you to do this." Right. And what what it goes about is now she's like head of about face because of uh, House of M. Ah. Which is a thing that most fans have said yeah. for forever. That should be her solo movie. Right. And do it after Phase 4. Um, do it after Disney acquires uh, Fox. Which, from what was just recently announced, the Fox president has said that they expect the acquisition to be complete by the summer of 2019. So, Jesus, why is it taking so long? There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that you need to I know. It's do. Just... As well as because they are still making films right now. Right. So, do those films, where do those profits go? Do they go then to company there? Does then Disney get them if they've already made the movie? Cause right. there's movies, places that have movies that have been made. They're sitting on. Mm-hmm. Do then those, I mean, I would assume go to Disney, but then if they're getting bought out, they're like, well, we want those last couple profits from these things. Right. Does Disney really care? Lawyers... I can only imagine... But now you're just saying words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that would, be, that would be an interesting way to reboot things, is by using House of M. Yeah, right? or... Yeah, to, to get, get the, the X-Men mutants. into the yeah. MCU. It would be a very interesting way to go about doing that. It's not really... A full-on Wanda story, though. Like, she is the cause of House of M, but it focuses on many other people. Yeah, but I could see them curtailing that to be more her. Yeah. I do feel, though, you would need to have at least Magneto. Yes. I mean, he was the ruler of it. Yeah. I, I can't really see you replacing him as anyone else. You don't necessarily need Pietro, but it, also he was a key yeah. opponent in there. Um, yeah, he's dead in the MCU. Which is what <laughs> kind of makes all this right. come about. So, yeah. Well, no, that also made it come about in the in that too. The House of M. Yeah. Because there was a lot of people that were dying. Yeah. And she just wanted to get... She was... Well, she was... Fr- more so, I think she was super frustrated with her father and the shit that he was doing. It was I think it was actually... No, it was the, her kids that she had with Vision, I believe, died 
and yeah. that's what yeah. made her t- finally go crazy, which yeah. she's always crazy. She has been crazy for a while. She's very powerful, and I hope that they fucking, I mean, they kind of try to touch on it in the MCU, but nobody ever really does, and they never really do in the comic books, too, except for every once in a while. But that girl's powerful as shit. I know. <laughs> you know who else is powerful? Yoda. Oh my god, that was even terrible. Yoda? Like, what was Yoda? that? Ludo. Yoda. <laughs> uh, which Yoda's rumored to be in the next Star Wars as well, which. Oh. Wait. In the next Star Wars movie? Nine? Yep. He did. What? He did. Well, yeah, but he showed up as a Force ghost in the last one. That's true. I see him and uh, and Hamill both showing up at one point to Rey. Yeah. Kind of a la Return of the Jedi. Huh. Huh. Ending. Yeah. I think that's what it is, but it just gets people to start talking about Yoda again because he was one of the best parts of the last movie. Yeah. There's a... Uh, yeah. I was a big fan of shirtless Kylo Ren, personally. But. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to be like, hey, I didn't know that was your taste. but uh, <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> good, good to know. Um, oh, another uh, a joke that I heard. Uh, Halle Berry is talking about how Black Panther owes their success to her Catwoman. Why? Uh, because she feels that because she, she was Catwoman, um, it set it set the 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 pace. Um, every like, story builds on the next, and she knows they're not in the same universe, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe she doesn't. <laughs> And so it, what it sounds like to me is because she's saying that she was able to do a standalone movie featuring a superhero, not necessarily a hero, but a comic book character who is black and had their own movie that because she did that shitty ass movie that that led the way for Black Panther. Not exactly. I mean, this this happened um, at the GLAAD Awards that uh, Black Panther had won an award. So when she was presenting... She she wasn't saying it jokingly, but she may have been joking, but it didn't sound like she was joking. Yeah. That, you know... Well, she's, she's a good actress. She's just like, you know... I don't think she is at all. I she really, can be. It depends on the role. I don't think I've really enjoyed anything. I thought she was a terrible storm. But. Oh, very terrible. She just needs to stop playing superheroes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, this That's a weird connection for her to make. I don't... It's like, it's like, you know, my movie was terrible and nobody liked it, but somehow it led to this giant success. (laughs) You know what? Fucking years later. Like years, years later. Linz, I I loved Iron Man 1 so much that I was like, I'm going to talk about this. And the success of the Infinity War (laughs) is due to me telling my friends, you're going to love what they got in store for you. Trust me. It's all thanks to you, Tony. I will take that credit. <laughs> oh, um, you still reading uh, White Knight? I have it. I have. I'm not caught up on it. Okay. Very. I, I love it. Very good. Um, so one of the big things that has been uh, talked about recently is 
where do they go from here? It has been highly loved. Um, and Sean Gordon Murphy, like at first... It's like an Elseworlds book, though. Yes. Yeah. But they they originally, he had this like a while ago, and they were like, what? No, I don't really see that happening at their time. And then it was when they got greenlit for this going... Hey, you still have that story where you're saying the Joker was going to be kind of the good guy? Right. Let's do that. So he's talking about um, being part of the DC Universe proper and and what they're now calling the Murphyverse. Oh. But he, it sounds like he wants to keep doing some stories and maybe doing more of them in this realm. Because this is Batman-centric. Yeah. Well, you can have Batman-centric books where you don't see Superman and Wonder Woman, but they're there in the world. Are there these characters within mm. the realm of this book? Hmm. Hmm. And the way the book's going, <laughs> it started flipping my thoughts on certain characters and things, too. But what he has said now, and he went on Twitter saying that he's going to have some set rules for what he, he has within this world, which is when someone dies, they stay died, period. They stay We're not do yeah. They stay died? Yes. <laughs> um, his, his number two rule is every book comes out on time. Um, there's got, not going to be narration balloons unless it's like a flashback or something. Okay. Which is one of the things that annoys the piss out of me in some books. Like, I started watching or reading uh, the new uh, Witchblade. Loved old Witchblade. This is a total new take. No, not a new user which it's a whole new universe they're making a whole new character and everything every single book it has to start off with i was dead and then i awoke Mm -hmm. and this and i'm like i don't need that shit i'm reading this like Mm -hmm. be like walking dead and other books that are good that you don't need to repeat everything so i love that um he is saying there's going to be no like excessive amount of variance uh It'll probably be two, the main, but then maybe a variant cover for those collectors, but not going to go ass wild. My favorite part uh, is that there will be at least one awesome vehicle in each book. Uh. I go, that's a good rule that I love for this universe to have. And then finally, uh, there's going to be no complicated tie-ins or anything to series and events. Um, It's going to be its own world. I would love to see more books. Uh, obviously, nothing has been announced yet. Uh, number eight comes out in May 9th, so a couple weeks. Okay. I can't wait to see it concluded. Uh, he, I mean, he's ever since the first Sean Gordon Murphy book I read was Punk Rock Jesus. Did you ever read that? Uh, I, I. It was amazing. Kind of. He's, I don't think I really read it. I skimmed through it. Yeah. Derek had picked it up. The story was was really good, and it was very clear that he was the type of writer that was like, I don't really fucking care what anybody else thinks, because this is what I want to write. And that's what he's bringing to this story, even though it's characters we all know and love. He's just like, I don't care what you fucking love. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want. And so I'm all for it. And since DC's doing this whole new imprint where it's all like the Elseworlds shit, it uh, totally fits with what they're planning on doing in the future so bring it on i don't know if this is really news that anyone that listens would really care about but lin-manuel miranda is going to be debuting on ducktales as gizmo duck oh my god that's weird i know uh so (laughs) the new ducktales has 
been great. Uh, my brother and nephew loved it. I haven't been really able to watch except for the first one. Uh, the voices and everything have changed slightly a bit in their characters. So it'll be interesting him being Fenton Crackshell. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm down for it. Uh, it's been a great thing. And that's one of the things that Gizmo Duck was one of my favorites. So yeah. I'm just saying it mainly because I, I like Gizmo Duck. Ducktales. Woo! <laughs> so <laughs> <clears throat> rounding out uh, my news things, uh, both going to the box office. Jumanji has now dethroned uh, Sony's Spider-Man to be their highest grossing film. Oh, God. Why? That just means they're going to make more Jumanji movies. It was not bad. It was good for what it was. Yeah, but Spider-Man was amazing. Well... Like, I would never watch Spider-Man Homecoming and go, oh, that was good for what it was. I would go, that was a really good Spider-Man movie. Jumanji... Well, this so. Well, are you talking about Homecoming? Yeah. Oh no, this isn't about Homecoming. Oh. Because Homecoming, even though it made a lot, um, that was I believe it came out as a Marvel property, so it does. Mm. This is going uh, two thousand two Spider, like the oh. original Spider Man. Oh yeah, fuck that shit. Which that box office <laughs> was four hundred and three point uh, seven million, um, and yeah, it's it's a bit over that now, so it's just past it. Um, Huh. But speaking of which, um, we are going to see uh, probably some bigger box office with Infinity War. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's already, they're saying, it's already the last, not including Black Panther, but, or for at least opening weekend, so I guess including Black Panther too. They said that it's out pre-selling them combined, I feel that's a little far-fetched because, I mean, that's fucking half a billion dollars taking seven, because they all open to a good 50 million opening weekend, most of them. Right. So I don't know. That's probably hyperbole um, from the people talking about it. But they, it, I think most theaters are going to probably have it on 12 screens, 20 screens. It's definitely going to surpass Star Wars The Force Awakens right. at the box office. Which is the highest for gross, I think, here. I really need to look at which one is which that has Titanic. I think Titanic is worldwide still. Or Avatar. I know that domestically, Force Awakens is number one for overall. And and, and Avatar is number two. And Black Panther is now number three. Because it totally fucking passed Titanic last week. Um, so are you talking, do you think it's going to pass it overall? Well, I think the opening, opening weekend? Well, I think overall as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be, like, I don't even, yeah. Two weeks away! <laughs> Two weeks away! I'm going to, I'm going to piss everyone off and wait to see it for a month so that you can't talk about it, because of spoilers. <laughs> When has that stopped us ever when talking about things to each other? We'll just flash a normal conversation. Oh, hey, did you see so-and-so showed up in this movie and died at this? Damn it, I haven't seen it yet. I'll fucking punch you in the throat. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start wearing a (laughs) collar now. Metal protective collar because I'm going to tell you everything. I do think that we should go see that and probably talk about it. Yeah. Cultural significance 
it's it was they've built this world. Ten years. It's, it's, it's gonna have mm-hmm. some repercussion. I mean, yeah. good things to come from it. Yes, as Kevin Smith said, they're not making sequels anymore. They're building universes now. Some places need to stop building universes, yeah. though. That's true. And Warner just Brothers. do original shit. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, booze in a book this week is. Domino number one paired with a lucky lager. Yes. So, a lucky lager, which when said really quickly, lucky lager. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a lager who's yes. super lucky. Well, trees never fall on him. Or yes. Her, I guess. <laughs> I find it a good pairing mainly because this story starts off with logging, actually. So that's where I, I find it hilarious. Right. It also has to do with the birthday party. But predominantly Domino is lucky. That is her yes. mutant power. Um, it also is cute. She got a dog. Um, and Did she's, she name it Lucky? No, it's oh. named Pip. Oh. Spot would have also been hilarious. That would have been perfect. <laughs> um, and it, honestly, for... Domino is is one of those characters I always enjoyed. Um, I thought that her and she even said something of like, this wasn't the worst time or something, not in even in a long shot. She goes, pun intended, Mm. in her her little narration thing because of long shot. And I thought that everything about it from having a birthday party that her friends that um, she's kind of mercenaries with and doing stuff with um you know through for her because you don't always see the good times that you uh with um yeah you don't see their normal lives yeah and like even though it started off with them kind of going and kicking these people's asses and stuff then that i was like i was not expecting this how the first book was gonna be right there was uh, a very funny part too where they were talking about i mean they have dazzler no, the Dazzler. Uh, Deadpool is talking about trying to get an air supply cover band <laughs> that he really wanted. And he goes, and and they really only had the real air supply, so I said, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got someone even better. And then he gets Dazzler. Um, what was funny was after the surprise, they're talking about there's her exes over there. Mm. Like, you really did have a type. Like, Do they have mullets? I can't see yes. them here. Yeah. Yes. Large. Yeah. No. Largeness. Ah. Just... <laughs> Broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But uh, I thought that everything about this seemed great. The the little banter between Deadpool and, and Domino, um, and everyone else. Uh, the cute little doggy. No. And like, I just it was. Beautifully drawn. Oh, her and the dog are the same color. Yeah, at least white with the with the spot. So, um, it kind of gets fucked up towards the end when you realize that oh, her which it seemed like it was happening earlier in the book too, but I wasn't putting two together that her luck's run out. out. Interesting, because that's something that she says she's always relied on. Well, yeah, and it's her mutant power. So, what does that mean? She's not a mutant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes yeah, so that's booze in a book this week right. i really like the book yeah so 
I'm keeping reading that too. Awesome. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Yes. I have no words of wisdom for anybody this week except uh, don't be Tony. Don't drive in a nice store. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to record, damn it. And you didn't want to come to, no. to my All studio. Right, guys, everybody, listen. Tony lives at the bottom of two hills. Okay. <laughs> And I've gotten stuck on his road before, and it's April in Michigan, and there's a sheet of ice everywhere on the ground. And I fucking fell and biffed it. Did last you? Night. <laughs> yes. So Tony decided that he would try and make it up one of his hills and come over to Studio D instead. So I, li- I like it in the D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My I yeah. hope my luck doesn't run out. Yeah. Right. With that, uh, well, now you only have downhills to go, so I think you'll be fine as long as you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, what the fuck, Mother Nature? Stay thirsty for spring, because you're going to be stay thirsty <sighs> for a while. Yeah. 